Hey guys, I'm Shadali. And this is Sumana. And welcome or welcome back to Criminal Vortex. Yes, this is finally, you know, nice second second episode in a row. We're doing well. <laughs> in the name of consistency, boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, oh I feel like a professional okay, consistent way, podcaster. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're consistent. <laughs> so profesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. By the way, before before we start, why do we have more Spotify followers than our Instagram following? Can I what tell you this, why, people? Shavari? Can I tell you why? Because people don't follow us on Instagram. <laughs> why would you do no that? No shit. <laughs> you make me sad. <laughs> And that's just Spotify, dude. I'm pretty sure people listen to us on Apple and like other podcast uh, places, things where you listen to podcasts. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Come on Instagram, follow us there. Uh, it's Criminal Vortex. Literally just type Criminal Vortex and we're there. The thing that you guys are doing, which is not following us, that's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> we do no social media stuff good, well enough. Except Shadwari, she knows what she's doing. But <laughs> I don't do anything social media stuff. But I'm sad. Because <laughs> you won't follow. She's sad, okay. I'm just that sad. You won't follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, nice. Chaotic. Um, you can always count on Criminal Vortex for having chaotic intros. Yeah, and- whenever, whenever you don't have a chaotic enough day, you know. You know who to call. Not the Ghostbusters. The criminal, criminal vortex, vortex kids, the the Sharvari and the Sumana. <laughs> the <kids. laughs> See, I don't want to be called a woman so early on in life, bro. I'm just 19, about to be 20. I'm sad. The amount of times I've thought about, ki I have spent my 18 and 19, like my happiest years, supposedly. I don't know if India India supports happy years for women, but uh, very controversial. But, uh, you know, like, 18 and 19 is the uh, stuff that they show, you know? Like, they're like, I finished my first year of college. Mind you, I'm in design school. I'm, I'm like the cool kid here. But design school also made us do stuff at home. And <laughs> I finished my first year at home. I still have my finals though. But uh, what I was meaning to say is I'm going to turn 20 next year. And I'm very upset about it. And if you guys don't follow me, I'm going to cry. Stop! <laughs> Follow Criminal for the sake of my salty teardrops. Thank you. It's been great, guys. Thank you so much. Sharmini <laughs> just losing her mind. I've lost my shit. Uh, tell me something new. No, I can't. I, this is where the podcast ends. I can't talk Oh anymore. my god, can you guys believe? Oh. Girls want you to make them laugh. And when you do, they end it on you. This is sad. They end it. <laughs> what? I never thought I was going to get dumped on a freaking podcast. But okay, here I am. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I am co-hosting. <laughs> I'm not even a guest. That would be like, okay, done. Now leave. <laughs> Imagine we call somebody and the, like we're dating somebody and we call them on the podcast just to dump them. <laughs> Be like, listen, we need to talk. But if you don't want me to murder you in your sleep, this is the best. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm going to have to cut all of this. 
No, you don't have to. This is like blooper material, bro. This is the best shit. This is such blooper material. I cry. Oh god. This is this is all Patreon stuff, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is what Patreons are gonna I'm get. I'm thinking everything. I'm thinking everything. She she is the brains. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, what I'm telling you is Patreon gets to see our our very controversial sides, right? And you know, like the people who are gonna uh, pledge, I'm pretty sure they earn money, or mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not gonna assume that you steal your parents' credit cards, but if you do, <laughs> please bear in mind that if it's on Patreon, I'm probably swearing on it, like getting really mad. For sure. And as time goes, we are probably gonna do this with wine. But anyways, now it's just water. Okay. Okay. So today's case. Today's case is uh, the Scissor Sisters of Ireland. um uh, that is linda and charlotte what is how do you say that i don't know there was a very oh scottish lady saying that it's mulhall so they're from ireland she would know she would know <laughs> ireland and scotland is the same thing yeah okay. why is <laughs> going mulhall feel like such a freaking illiterate ass crack <laughs> i'm sorry proceeds to drink honey water <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Yes, okay, very. so today's case, right? So today's case is this is a sisters, uh, Charlotte and Linda Mulhall, which is apparently how the Scottish say it. So Scotland is in that area, so we will go with that for now. And I'm sorry if we get it wrong. Um, okay. right. So it's a pretty gruesome case because uh, the victim got freaking freaking dismembered and shit. but the victim yeah. got killed that's just sad as you that is sad as you that usual. is sad for sure <laughs> you have to mention right as usual uh see when you said scissor sisters my brain was like yeah okay not as cool as edward scissor hands though watch the movie really good yeah yeah shall i shall also beaten juice you know what sumana kick it off let's let's start Okay. We've done quite a lot of BS. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said we not you. I'm still taking it very personally. <laughs> okay. As one does. <laughs> as so as someone does. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so starting off on the day of 20th March uh, 2005 the Mulhall family which included Kathleen Linda Charlotte and Farah Swale Noor uh they've been out in Dublin getting progressively drunker on vodka as they wandered through the streets later on ecstasy tablets also came into play and the buzzing eventually made it to the to Kathleen's flat it was here that the apparently benign drunken day out turned into something from a horror movie right so till then it's just a group like a family just chilling drinking mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. boom the flat the scary part yep they flipped it a big time <laughs> went from 0 to 100 <laughs> real quick so real quick so noor allegedly started touching linda who was the older sister in a crudely sexual manner whispering in quotes dirty dirty things in her ears in quotes and refusing to take no for an answer 
So basically, she's accusing him of the R word. To be honest, I believe it because given his background that I will get into later. But I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happened. So. I mean, they were drunk, so. Even even when her mom, like, Kathleen is the mother here, started yelling at him, he just would not stop. So it was at this point that she snapped and she said, please, just kill him for me. I had to say this very dramatically because... You just, I, I, you, you know wow. what? That is exactly what I think she would sound like—a squeaky squirrel. Why would you ever say that to the boss man who just said, told her daughters to ma- like kill the guy? I don't know, dude. Have you seen her? Look at her. Okay, if you want to look at her, go to our Instagram page. We've most probably posted it. This time, I'm going to post it immediately. Follow us. I usually tend to forget. Yeah, exactly. Follow us. But all three of these women have pencil thin eyebrows oh my god such a pet peeve oof i i don't know why that really annoyed me and like made me cringe like my entire being cringed when i saw that i know right like if you want thin like, eyebrows oh. just like if you mm. if you don't like eyebrows just shave them off exactly just get, shave there are off. a lot of people who don't have eyebrows i would like exactly. to have no eyebrows at times I like my eyebrows very much. I, keep <laughs> I do them. too. But I did uh, get uh, two, uh, what are they called? Cuts on my eyebrows. Intentional yeah, yeah, yeah. cuts. I didn't fall. Get didn't get stitches. Like most heroic people like you guys do. So some of y'all do have that. But yeah, I just did that and it looked really cool. So I, I did, I really appreciated my thick, thick eyebrows. But if I had those eyebrows, I swear to God. I'd just erase them and be on my happy way. Exactly. I'd be like, rather no eyebrows than the 0.35 mechanical pencil drawn eyebrows. You know? you know what I mean? So when the mother said, please just kill him for me, the dutiful daughters did just that. Charlotte first struck Noor with the Stanley knife, which is a really sharp knife, by the way. Charlotte uh, struck first. Slashing Noor with a Stanley knife and then Linda attacked, repeatedly smacking a hammer into his head. The mother, Kathleen, watched the flurry of blows landing on her lover, in quotes obviously, but did not participate in the murder itself. In a matter of moments, Noor was stabbed and beaten to death. So it was apparently a sudden improvised attack, but the sisters acted with the eerie kind of automatic, cunning, immediate taking the cops to the bathroom and began the grisly procedure of disposal no but i don't i don't get it the whole fact that these people but don't you think like every time you think of murder the only thing you think about how am i going to dispose the body yeah but like that's the... all the methods you thought of the most <clears throat> messiest way possible dismembering someone doesn't that kind and you of... don't even do the job well doesn't What's that kind point? of put it in your head that they did do it for the first time? Yeah, but... Uh. No, I mean, like, if it's something that someone de- did repetitively, they would probably find, like, an easier way to do it, a quicker way to do it, and not the most uh, yeah, evidence-providing... 
don't you think that when you are sitting there with a freaking corpse and you get a freaking i don't know what some knife or shit and start freaking sawing at it how long can you be dissociated from the whole situation you know if you were to just i don't know bury it somewhere I, it's done and over with you know i think if you are on drugs and on alcohol that would really do something to your system but like wouldn't you sober up after freaking after killing somebody honey calm down let's just get into their backgrounds first and then we'll come to yeah, back yeah. to this cuz these people this have is... had a very scary background uh-huh. i'll give you that they 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 are uh, scary people i don't know scary <laughs> so the mullahs were from uh, kilclare gardens a working class area in tollot south dublin the parents were uh, john and kathleen mullhall and there was it was a family of three boys and three girls like the parents um kathleen was originally uh, kathleen ward before before she got married and was from the traveling community which is like kind of like a nomad community they like just go from place to place types uh now it's alleged that john abused kathleen throughout their marriage and i i'm not i think it was like a 27 year marriage or something i'm not very sure but throughout the whole thing he was very abusive and uh like after a point they finally like the marriage broke down finally and kathleen entered a relationship with farah swale noor in 2002 and he was quite younger than her like there was a huge age gap um Noor then moved into their family home with Kathleen and John took some of the children and moved out because they had six children right uh he then rented various accommodations in Dublin over a period of year a period of a year and then moved back into the home after Kathleen left and moved to Cork with Noor so there's like a lot of um like they're moving the children a lot around too and <laughs> i don't know but i don't know what kind of men kathleen attracts cuz apparently even noor um allegedly abused her a lot and i don't know if i should say allegedly because given his history that i will get into soon it seems kind of likely that he did then let's talk about linda mulhall she was 30 years old at the time of the killing and was she was unemployed and had four children um the relationship with the father of her children broke up and she got into another relationship with an individual called wayne kinsella who subsequently abused them and in one case uh beat the children with an electrical flex i i don't really think that i want to get into this guy right now cuz it's it's not that important to the case at hand i wouldn't say important that's the wrong word but it doesn't have a direct impact on the case so i don't really think it's going to do us any favors talking about it but just like her mother linda was also abused by her father uh, not her father <laughs> by her husband this is the point that needs to be made here um then we have charlotte mulhall she was 21 years old when the killings took place and like her sister she had a history of drug and alcohol abuse she had a number of minor previous convictions for criminal damage and public order offenses and was charged with criminal damage and given the probation act in october 2005 she was apparently also involved in prostitution and 
uh, it's like she's going to get into trouble later on as well like when she's in prison and shit cuz spoiler alert obviously they're caught and then prison so <laughs> she does get into trouble later on as well which i will talk about uh then we have the victim who was 40 years old when he died he, he definitely he... does not look 40 exactly i thought he'd be 30 to be honest yeah i know like he does not give you that old i mean he's dating the mother of two fully grown people so yeah i mean the mother was 53 hey but let's be honest <laughs> linda mulher did fix her eyebrows later on <laughs> thank god <laughs> presented her good <laughs> The one good thing that came out of prison was eyebrows fixed. Eyebrows. It's the eyebrows, baby. <laughs> she she watched some uh, good YouTube videos. Yes, she did. She did a lot of Bailey Sarian. Nice. Oof! What a kick! <laughs> Perfect. Criminals so, watching true crime videos. Oof. Yes. Okay, so coming to Farah Swale Noor, who will not, this name is really nice. Yes. He has a real nice name. Anyways, he was born 1965 and was aged 40 due, um, uh, when he died. Now, he was unemployed and he was uh, he arrived in Ireland in December 1996, claiming to be a Somali called Sh- Shilila Salem, whose family had been killed in Mog- Mogadishu during the Somali Civil War. Subsequent investigations uh, revealed that he was, in fact, Kenyan and that his family was very much still alive. (laughs) Scam. 1996. He he also had a wife and two children. Yeah, yeah, that's what. In like a a, a downstairs bedroom or something. Like they used to live in a basement or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I, no 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 no! Okay okay go go go. I thought you they lived you're going in the into village. Joseph uh, Fritzel category <laughs> territory. No no no! I thought they lived in a downstairs bedroom or something. No, that is very much Joseph Fritzel, <laughs> <laughs> which I really want to cover one day. No, it'll probably be like a freaking three part. So scary that case! I swear to God. No. Yeah, See, yeah. one of my biggest fears is getting kidnapped and tortured. Especially yeah. kept alive. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So, Farah was ethnically Somali. The Department of Justice, Equality, and Law Reform ordered that he be deported, but he appealed and was granted Irish citizenship in March 1999 on grounds that he become the father of an Irish-born child. He had four previous convictions for offenses, including intoxication, abusive behavior, assault, and threatening and shit. In 1997, he raped a mentally disabled 16-year-old Chinese girl. She later gave birth to a son. Two other women had children by him and both described having been raped by him. Uh, Noor faced eight charges of disorder and assault, one involving a sexual assault in which a knife was found at the scene by Gardi. He was convicted on three occasions but never served jail time. And the guardy described him as being particularly violent towards women. So, I, we have quite the characters here today. Everyone is quite something. Yeah, everybody is a piece of art. Oof. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful humans. 
so <laughs> so let's get into um the killings and how they decided to dispose of it okay so this is so funny because these guys i swear to god they were so like robotic about the fact that they killed this guy they took him to the bathroom and then they were like what do we do with him now oh yeah let's chop him up i can't i can't believe it i, I can't believe that's where the they spent hours chopping this body okay they spent that is the thing. hours chopping this body in their mother's richmond road home and they they dumped his body in like black uh, <laughs> garbage bags right so these sisters uh they boarded a bus sat among the passengers with the victim's head in a shoulder bag and ha- headed to a time on north park in talaga south dublin and the idea was to dispose the head in a separate location to prevent identification right, right. so um while mr noor was being slashed across the throat with the stunty knife and this was done by charlotte and linda picked up a hammer and hit him in the head for a number of times while he was on the ground so in midst of the bloodbath they continued to stab the victim up to 20 times before dragging his lifeless body into the bathroom and dismembering his remains with a kitchen knife and hammer including his head limbs and penis of course as one does exactly so a forensic pathologist later claimed that the sisters decapitated noor to ro- remove torment in court mm-hmm. and to cut off his penis as a signal of power in court so when the dismemberment was complete the body parts were placed in black plastic bags and a sports bag before being dumped in the canal right uh <clears throat> so the the leg of the victim was found in the leg of the victim was found 10 days after the killings in the canal and that's how the whole thing started right that's yeah, how they, they got claimed caught. yeah a lot of people claimed that they saw body parts floating in the canal but they thought it was a freaking mannequin yeah that's a very and common then, thing isn't it Just yeah people, people are just like mean. just please assume that it's a body and not a mannequin because i think that you would be relieved to go think you know approach a thing thinking that it's a body and then it turns out to be a mannequin this is my mannequin you scared know? me what if there are people exactly what if there are people who knows <laughs> mummified people who knows not even mummified just 10 days later when uh, they found uh, when this man found his uh, uh, when when this man found nose foot in the water it was clad with a pair of socks and later on they were able to identify nose body uh by the shirt on his torso and that's how they realized that it was uh, farah noor that's the, that's how they realized that it was farah noor and then they were able to connect it to the two sisters okay so his uh, body parts were found in a canal which was a few hundred yards away from the GAA headquarters at the Crook Park in the north of the city and the Mulhall sisters and their parents were arrested and subsequently denied any knowledge of the killing but a number of the uh, number of weeks later Linda confessed to the killing in what was a massive breakthrough in the case 
So, in a statement to the Garde, uh, Linda told that they butchered Mr. Noor and the idea to dispose his head and everything was in a different separate location was to prevent identification. And some days later, Linda allegedly returned to the park where his, uh, the, where his head was in a shoulder bag, which was mm-hmm. the time on uh, North Park in Talaga in South Dublin. So Linda apparently returned back to the park, dug up the head and moved it to a field in the Kilinad estate in Talaga. Uh, she told the guard that she said a prayer over the spot and told him, in quotes, I'm sorry you shouldn't have died. It should have been me, ma. Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, did she blame herself for the assault? So I the head was know. never been found and it's still thought to be somewhere in Timon National Park or was eaten by animals. So if in that case only the skull could be there at some point. Right? And it has to. I guess like I read somewhere that um after a point like that her Noor's head was coming in her dreams and shit and talking to her and she just couldn't deal with it and she was going freaking batshit crazy. So she went and dug up the head and even then she felt like the head was talking to her. So then she took it to like a landfill or whatever the place that you said mm-hmm. and just smashed it with a hammer oh, and just they, they disposed didn't it off. They just said that I don't know, I read it somewhere. She dug so it, it and moved like... it. There was nothing in general. <laughs> I, I read this in some article or like some podcast. You, I heard it. you never know. Exactly. Because this, this piece of information stuck with me for some reason that, you know, the head was talking to her. Bro, it's just PTSD. So the Mulhall sisters and their parents were arrested and they were sentenced, the evil sisters were sentenced by the late eminent judge, Paul Carney, who described the murder as, in quotes, the most grotesque killing that has occurred in my professional lifetime, end of quote. So they thought that this was like, a, you know, like he was stabbed 20 times and Linda even admitted that she hit him in quotes, a good few times in the head with a claw mm. hammer, right? So, mm. his injuries were so extreme that the Garde initially thought it was a ritual killing. Oh, God. So, his body was retrieved by the Garda subunit in seven parts uh-huh. after the passerby saw his leg, as mentioned, with a sock and which was sticking out. So, in October 2006, uh, Linda received a 15-year sentence for the manslaughter, while Charlotte who was still locked up, received a life sentence. Uh, Linda received a lower sentence because she confessed. She came okay, up, right. came out with it. So Linda is still estranged from her mother who maintains that Linda blames her for the brutal murder and the dismemberment of Mr. Noon. Uh, Kathleen pleaded guilty to concealing evidence and was jailed for just, just five years. And Linda is released from prison. Her daughter Nikita praised her mother for taking in quotes, a dirty rapist off the streets. And the 23-year-old, the daughter, Nikita, Mm -hmm. blasted Mr. Noor as a murderer, in quotes, and a woman beater, in quotes, who was not getting away with raping another woman on the night he died. It's kind of murky water, because... Yeah, I was just giving you, like, some some family stuff. So, Nikita also said that uh, it boils my blood that no one will ever know the true story of what happened. 
she mm-hmm. posted this on Facebook and she also wrote that if he was in prison and the three of them were in the ground, how much different would it have been? Uh, she says that she respects the community workers and fitness instructors and was uh, named Irish player of the tournament for the homeless World Cup last year. Um, so she says that you've done your time, Linda. Well done. Go live your life. You deserve it. That's what she wrote. And she said the man already murdered and raped a girl with disabilities. So a murderer was taken off the streets. Done her crime. Done her time. Yeah. Oh. Nikita portrayed Mr. Noor as a vicious woman beater who ha- who was battering Linda and Charlotte's mother, uh, Kathleen, throughout that a short-lived and tumultuous relationship. And she added that then, the night it happened, he messed with the wrong woman. He wasn't getting away with raping another woman. Damn. So that's like her family's uh, idea of it, right? Yeah, the, the side to it. Yeah. Makes so sense. I just wanted you to like get a major... Yeah insight over it yeah i mean it's like i don't know why we're covering cases where like it's not black and white because last case wasn't was so great it was so great it was so difficult to talk about and even now like how much do we sympathize with the victim because i'm not saying he deserved to die no one gets to take the law in their hands yeah but like, to what extent can we feel bad for this guy who's been raping people, murdering people, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's so, difficult. moving on to the actual investigation part. This is not like the family story. This is like the actual investigation. Uh, Charlotte received a mandatory life sentence and Linda was given 15 years only. And mm-hmm. they're both in Dublin's Mount Joy Women's Prison. Their case was uh, investigated by Detective Garda Daniel Kenna who said that the case was one of the worst killings he has ever encountered. He shortly added that the sisters were jailed. Uh, this was after after they were jailed. That I have worked on a lot of murders and murders is murder is murder. But in this circumstance, the fact that the body was mutilated in the way it was after the killing and the fact that it was done by women made it particularly gruesome. Now, now, I have a saying on this. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that women cannot kill? I know, right? This is this is such a recurring theme. I don't have anything against it. Not that I'm saying that women should kill or anything. I'm just saying. exactly that's not what we're saying. I mean, but why like, is it that every time there's a women perpetrator, people are just like, "Oh my god, how she's so motherly"? <laughs> it's just not doing them a favor, to be honest. Like you're just gonna miss out on so many murderers mm. just because they're women. You're exactly. not gonna be able to convict them. Exactly. So, um, later he commented uh, on the murder to Scandal Documentary on RTE. Uh, forensic pathologist Ciara Staunton, she described that the Mulhalls as a family were living on the edge, which I did kind of guess before that these people are just pieces of work on, in, on themselves. Yeah. So, she said that uh, here is a family on the fringe of a normal society. Drugs and alcohol plays a huge and a large part. Farah is known as a violent sexual predator. So it's an explosive set of interpersonal relationships. Agreed. Very much agreed. So to add to the tragedy, after Charlotte and Linda were charged with the murder in December 2005, their father, John Mullal, went to Dublin Phoenix Park and hanged himself. Which is... Wow. 
So their mother fled to Britain, but but was later brought back and sentenced to three years for aiding and abetting their daughters in the killings. This is a different source, by the way. This is the Irish Mirror. So no, 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 it's it's valid. It's valid. Some so, some places also mentioned that she's she was jailed for five years. So while serving her sentence, Charlotte had been anything but a model prisoner, as Sharvari was saying earlier. She has not left her troubled past behind. So in September, um, Charlotte filed a challenge in the High Court to a decision to transfer her from the Dokas uh, Centre in the Mountjoy complex in Dublin to Limerick Prison, saying, in quotes, I'm lonely and sad due to the lack of visits from my family, end quote. She denied having lesbian romps in jail, including an alleged fling with a warder and disputed claims that she has been found in a very compromising position with the prison officer. So in November 2017, a male member of the prison staff was found hiding behind a shower curtain in Mulhall's N-suit bathroom and a prison CCTV recorded the man entering her cell 10 minutes later. Shortly after her incarceration, Charlotte was also disciplined after photos emerging of her posing for the camera, jokingly holding a knife to the throat of a male inmate in the jail's kitchen. Although she is 14 years into her life sentence, there's a little chance of her being ever released in any new new future. Apart from the sheer horrors of the crime she's committed, there is no evidence to show that she would fit back into the normal society. So... Now, this brings you back to the whole black and white part of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so weird. It's just not black and white. I can't. Like, Linda's daughter is okay with it. Linda's daughter is like, yes. Hell yeah. My mom's awesome. My mommy killed a rapist. That's cool. I love her. Go live your life, mommy. But then, there is Charlotte. Who, by the way, was the first one to attack. So. Yeah. She just has a lot of issues, dude. So, you know, like, there was this other tiny little part. Um, So, they are, like, so freaking weird, right? They they chopped mm-hmm. up his body and dumped it in the Dublin's Royal Canal. But then, they were caught on CCTV eating breakfast rolls shortly after the murder with the victim's head still in exactly. Linda's shoulder bag. What are you doing? How dissociated are you from the whole thing? But I'm, still, but I'm still confused over why they're called the Scissor Sisters. No? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it, no one knows why they're called the Scissor Sisters. It's just... Like, I mean, it was... They were scissors. You know, the moniker was given to them by the Irish press. Like, the name was yeah, originally yeah. associated with a flamboyant pop band from the US called Scissor Sisters. But it ended up having such a dark connotation in Ireland. Like, yeah. I mean, like, why Scissor Sisters? Freaking Stanley Knife Sisters? Because they killed him with a Stanley Knife. Stanley Call Knife them the and uh, Hammer Sisters. The Butcher Sisters, that would work. Yeah. Or the... Irish play- Press, you could have done better. Or the the Pencil Thin Eyebrow Sisters. Perfect. Because that's the scariest part in this entire scary, thing. That's honest, the thing that I remember. Scary. Especially Charlotte with her tiny little eyebrows. God, just so creepy. Scary. Ugh. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that was the Scissor Sisters case, Scissor Sisters of Ireland. And yeah, we hope you guys found this to be interesting. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Next week, we have quite 
the case planned. Uh, is it next, next week? Or is it next to next week? No, I think it's next week. So next okay. week's episode is probably going to be really heavy. So in case yeah. you guys are not in a mental space to watch it, I would suggest that next week is not something you should look forward to. Yeah, uh, this not. is this is just like a advanced. Uh, um, trigger warning which i'll also be giving on the next uh, episode sure. again and it's it's going to be a two parter as well so yeah i will also be mentioning you have two weeks it. of this yes, <laughs> yes so i'm really sorry if that's not something that you resonate with um and also given the times please 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 take care of your mental health please take care of yourself please take care of what you're feeling cuz this is yes. more than this is more than enough uh, reason for you to take care of yourself i mean yeah we are making content for you to consume and to enjoy but in the end of the day if this is something that triggers you for the next episode is uh, a lot of child abuse um yeah yeah uh, just take care of yourself and i hope you all are having a great day so signing off this is umana hi hi sharbadi uh and Yeah, this is Criminal Vortex. Thank you so much for listening to us. Wherever you're listening to us, please leave a five-star review. Thank you.